the assassin. You know I break necks, call me Jack Tate. I have no regrets while your life is fading. I'm a crazy fuck equivalent to Satan. When I'm behind the mic, I feel like the greatest. You know I break necks, call me Jack Tate. I have no regrets while your life is fading. I'm a crazy fuck equivalent to Satan. When I'm behind the mic, I feel like the greatest. What up, y'all? You're listening to Sports Talk with Trop, and I'm your host, Katie Trop. Well, that happened and uh if you watched uh yesterday's event you know exactly what i'm talking about but uh let's go ahead and uh recap wild card weekend with saturday first before we get to uh the day that was sunday uh so on saturday we started our wild card weekend off with the uh, cleveland browns at the houston texans uh started out as a really good game i mean it was a back and forth affair where uh Texans were scoring, Cleveland was scoring, Texans were scoring, Cleveland was scoring. They were just trading touchdowns and field goals back and forth. And then the second half started and uh, the Browns forgot that there was a playoff game. And the Texans really stepped it up. Uh, C.J. Stroud had a huge game. He went 16 for 21, 274 yards and three touchdowns. That is a rookie, y'all. And then their defense, too. The Houston Texans defense really stepped up. They really made things very difficult for Joe Flacco. It was arguably his worst game of the season. And he obviously didn't play an entire season, but so far he's He's been really, he's been doing really well since he uh, he came back from uh, just sitting on the couch, and uh, he he still ended up with 307 yards, his touchdown, and two interceptions. But the two interceptions were huge. Uh, one of them was even a uh, pick six. So um, it was just a really bad day for the Cleveland Browns, which wasn't really shocking at all, just because you know the Texans have been playing well. C.J. Stroud has been playing well. Uh, their offense has really got it going, but their defense has also been making some big plays. And then, of course, on the Cleveland Browns side of things, they have had to overcome the injuries all season long. It was bound to catch up with them at some point. Uh, so the Texans did end up getting the win, 45-14, to and uh, they will be moving on to, to the divisional round of the playoffs, and the Cleveland Browns will be headed home. But, uh, I mean, nobody really expected the Browns to even make the playoffs uh, with the way they're – all of their injuries turned out, not even just the quarterback situation, but, you know, they lost Nick Chubb earlier in the season, and he's one of the best running backs in the league and provides them a huge source of offense. Uh, then you had, uh, God, I can't remember the cornerback's name, but they had a cornerback who also was injured, and they just really have been trying to overcome the injuries all season long. And at some point, it's going to catch up with you, and it did this time around. And we'll see what we get from the Texans. Um, obviously not sold on them being a Super Bowl team but yet, but uh, they, they really uh, played a very, very good game last week or this weekend against the Browns. Then we had the Miami Dolphins at the Kansas City Chiefs, and this was a straight-up snooze fest. Uh, the Dolphins did not show up at all in this one. As a matter of fact, I mean, the Chiefs really kept them in it. The Chiefs did get the win 26-7, to uh, and while it sounds like they dominated the game, it was really just the Dolphins did not show up. I mean, uh, the Chiefs actually did what the Chiefs normally do all season, and that is drop passes and uh, also get in the red zone and have to settle for field goals. Uh, so they weren't really that impressive, but they still just made the plays that they needed to, and the Dolphins just did not show up at all. Uh, but Patrick Mahomes, he he made some really big plays as usual. He had 262 yards and a touchdown on the day. Um, Isaiah Pacheco, he had a big day, 89 yards and a touchdown. And then uh, Rasheed Rice, the wide receiver, rookie wide receiver of the Kansas City Chiefs, 
he uh, he was the only guy not dropping passes and really making big plays on the offensive side of the ball for the Chiefs. Uh, he had eight receptions, 130 yards, and a touchdown. So uh, the Chiefs are moving on to the next round, and the uh, Dolphins are going home. Um, you know, I kind of looked at them as not really a Super Bowl team at all this season, and uh, that showed in this one. And it had nothing to do do with the weather. Everybody was making a big deal about how freaking cold it was, but in my opinion. Uh, the Dolphins just didn't show up, and quite frankly, had the game been in Miami, I feel like that we would have got the same result with them because that's that's actually what they did the week before against the Bills. They scored a few more points, but they really just didn't show up and really didn't have a good game at all. So the Dolphins are headed home, and the Kansas City Chiefs are uh, moving on to the divisional round of the playoffs. Moving on to Sunday's games, <sighs> the Green Bay Packers at the Dallas Cowboys, and um as a Cowboys fan, this was by far the worst game I have ever watched in my entire 38 years of existence of being a Cowboys fan. Uh, the Cowboys got demolished by the Packers, 48-32. to 32. Don't let that kind of close score um, fool you because um, at one point in this game, the, the, the Packers were up 27 to nothing at one point. And this was just, it wasn't close, it wasn't good. And uh, first, before I get to how terrible the fucking Cowboys were, uh, shout out to the Green Bay Packers because uh, they were the seventh seed. Uh, they are the first seventh seed, by the way, to uh, move on in the playoffs and get a win. Uh, so congratulations to you to doing that against the Cowboys, of course. Um, and uh, But, I mean, Jordan Love had a great game, 16 for 21, 272 yards and three touchdowns. He looked like the way better quarterback on the field yesterday. Uh, Dak had a terrible game yesterday, especially those two terrible-ass interceptions that he threw and really just all-around poor passes that he was throwing, especially in the first half. Um, but then Aaron Jones also had a, an amazing game, as he normally does against the Cowboys. He had 118 yards on the ground and three touchdowns on the ground, as well as a, uh, a receiving touchdown. So he had a total of four touchdowns uh, yesterday. And then wide receiver Romeo Dobbs had his first ever 100 yard uh, uh, receiving yard, uh, 100 yards uh, receiving on on his career yesterday. Um, he had 151 yards receiving and a touchdown. So. Um, all around straight up domination by the Green Bay Packers and just an absolute atrocious fucking game from the Dallas Cowboys. Like I said, worst fucking game I've ever seen in my life. Just because, you know, it was a playoff game. Everything was in our favor. We won the division because the, the Eagles completely choked it away. Dak Prescott had his greatest uh, regular season of his career. CeeDee Lamb had his greatest uh, uh, career um, regular season at as in his career, and then, uh, you know, the defense was playing really well, especially on the turnover side of things, and uh, absolutely nobody showed up yesterday. Oh, and then also Mike McCarthy was doing really well as the uh, the play caller, and then just yesterday was just terrible. It was nobody showed up yesterday, um, and like I said, Dak Prescott, he 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 got his uh, he 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 got his Tony Romo itis yesterday going because uh, those two interceptions were just terrible. Uh, one of them was a pick six, and I just honestly. On the first drive, the Green Bay Packers were driving, and the Cowboys had a. Uh, they they actually stopped them on the first couple of plays. It looked like we were gonna go do a three and out, and uh, get the ball back. No, turns out we get a uh, a penalty called against us, and uh, the the Packers would go on to uh, score seven points from that. And I actually said to myself, "Oh, that's how this game is gonna go. We are going to completely blow it," and we just did. And it just kept getting worse and kept getting worse, and it never got better. At any point in this game, but uh, you know, I wasn't, 
I'm not a proponent of just firing people and blowing shit up. Well, um, after yesterday's debacle, they, today is when you fucking blow shit up. If I was Jerry Jones, I wouldn't have even let Mike McCarthy's fat fucking ass into the locker room after the, after that loss last night. I would be standing there with Bill Belichick at my side saying, get the fuck out of here, you fat fuck. And I would have said that, get out of here, you are fucking fired. And uh, not not happy with uh, Dak Prescott as well. That That is not what you do during the playoffs. And like I said, you got Tomo, Tony Romo-itis. If I'm going to criticize Romo for the shit that he did over his career, got to do it the same thing with Prescott. Whoop-dee-doo what you did in the regular season. All that matters is the postseason. And y'all couldn't even get by the uh, the barely there, the 9-8 and eight Packers. You know, and not, they kicked our ass yesterday, but they really just backed their way into the playoffs. And we actually were the number two seed. And that's what we put on the field. Couldn't even get one fucking win. And not only could we not get one fucking win, it wasn't even a competitive game. It was just trash from start to fucking finish. And I watched that whole goddamn game because I am a true ass fan. I will watch the anal rape and take it the entire way through just because that's just what I do. And I've done it many years. There are many horrible games stuck in my brain, but that's why I know yesterday's game is the worst, not because it's fresh on my mind, but because it's a playoff game. And it, it reminds me of... um in 2007, when we kicked ass and uh, we we lost to the Giants in the divisional round, like I was watching Prescott, and I was like, this totally reminds me of Tony Romo throwing those two interceptions uh, right at right to start that game, and couldn't even get in it. But at least we made it in the game in the end. At that one, this one was not a game at all, even though uh, they tried to make it a game, but it was uh, all a bunch of whoop de doo. So uh, the Cowboys headed home as usual. Um, hopefully Mike McCarthy is fired because, uh, that dude deserves to be fired after that. That was terrible. That wasn't even a, a, a worth it game. And quite frankly, I wouldn't be upset if we, uh, we moved on from Prescott, even though I don't think we're going to, I just kind of feel like, uh, first of all, where are we getting a new quarterback? It's not like we have a top draft pick. Of course we do, um, who knows? There's are, there are a lot of quarterbacks in this year's draft and we should draft a quarterback regardless anyways. But uh, who are we going to get? Um, maybe we could trade Prescott for somebody, but I, who knows what the fuck's going to go on there. But I kind of feel like we're stuck with him. But if anything, you got to get rid of McCarthy's fat ass. And also, fuck Dan Quinn, too, because that defense played like absolute trash yesterday. We haven't been able to get at the quarterback for like a month now. It's not even just a yesterday thing. It's like a month now thing. And the defense got worse as the season rolled on, just like last year, by the way. So I just kind of feel like blow up the entire coaching staff, whether it's Belichick, Harbaugh, or some other motherfucker, we got to start from scratch because that shit was horrible. That was literally the worst game in Cowboys history, probably, at least in my my watching experience, but hey, you know what? Now I just get to enjoy the rest of the motherfucking playoffs because I don't have to fucking watch that trash ass team anymore. And thank God I didn't get to see that in the Super Bowl because that would have been much worse. But uh, yesterday's debacle, worst fucking Cowboys game of my life. But congrats to the Packers. And uh, Sunday night football was uh, the Los Angeles Rams at the Detroit Lions. And this actually was the best game of the weekend. We finally got a fucking game. Uh, last night, it, it was back and forth. Uh, Stafford and Goff were just trading barbs all night. Um, and then uh, it turned into a real defensive game in the second half. Uh, the Lions were able to hold on to win their first 
uh, playoff game since 1991. Uh, they won 24 to 23, so it did come down to end the the end. Matthew Stafford had a great game, 367 yards and two touchdowns, and the dude was playing through injuries. Um, on I believe it was their second drive, he hit his hand into uh, into uh, a defender's helmet and uh, completely just blew up his entire hand, and it was completely just bloody as fuck and not in a good spot, like kind of like in between the knuckles. So just, you know, that had to have been bothering him. And it was on his throwing hand, by the way. Dude acted like it didn't matter at all. Then he got blown up on another play where it looked like he hurt his ribs, plus got, got knocked out a little bit. And then uh, he still he still was able to put it on, and really the Rams were all the way into it until their final drive uh, where they just had a holding call that pretty much set them back. And uh, they were ne- they were not able to overcome it. And uh, Jared Goff had a great game for the Lions last night. At one point, I think he went 13 for 13, ended up going 22 for 27 on the night, 277 yards and a touchdown. Amon Ross St. Brown had a big game, 110 yards. Um, on the Rams side of the thing of things, Puka Nakua continued his amazing rookie season with 181 yards and a touchdown in his uh, playoff debut. So. Um, great game for both the Lions and the Rams, and the Lions are moving on to the divisional round with their first win in their uh, their first playoff win since 1991. So uh, you know they're pretty happy about that. We'll see who they face off against next week, and if that uh, that kind of uh, excitement holds them back or. Uh, they continue on to the championship game. Who knows what we're going to get, but uh, they really fought hard and really deserved that win because uh, the Rams also came to play, and uh, it, it could have gone either way. I mean, the Rams were driving on that last drive, and just like I said, that holding call really set them back because they were actually in field goal range. And uh, then Stafford took a sack, and then the holding call, and uh, they just got right out of field goal range, and the uh, the Lions defense really held it down for them. So uh, we'll see what we got with the rest of the playoffs. We actually have two games today on Monday. We were only supposed to have one, uh, but the Buffalo Bills uh, game against the Steelers, you know, it, it's been snowing like crazy up in Buffalo uh, so bad that, uh, you know, they probably would have had zero fans at the game, and you know they don't want that at a playoff game especially. So they moved uh, Sunday's game to today. Still going to be very snowy, uh, Pittsburgh at Buffalo, but Buffalo is still favored by 10 points today. Um, You know, I I didn't believe in Pittsburgh at all to begin with. Um, Just I feel like Buffalo, their defense is playing well. Their offense is playing well. They finally found a ground attack. And the Steelers are just lucky to be here, honestly. Their offense is terrible, even though they've had a pretty okay last couple of games. Uh, but T.J. Watt is not going to be playing, and he is why they are so they are here. Uh, why they've even they were even able to muster up the amount of wins that they did to get here. Um, I my score still stands, even though it's supposed to be still a, a shitty game weather-wise, going to be snowing and windy. I still have the Bills winning thirty to seventeen, just because Josh Allen has shown in his career that that kind of weather actually doesn't bother him, and he's still able to uh, just air it out there and uh, get the get the job done. And like I said, the Steelers just not a very good team at all. So I have Buffalo blowing out the Pittsburgh Steelers today. And then uh, the original Monday night football game tonight uh, that we had scheduled is uh, the Philadelphia Eagles at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Right now, the Eagles are favored by three points. Um, They're not going to have A.J. Brown tonight for the Eagles. And so I think I felt like even with him, they were not going to win tonight just because they are not playing like a team. They're playing in complete disarray. And uh, they just kind of feel like they are packed up and ready to go home, especially after what I saw last week against the New York Giants. That was just straight-up trash. They just looked absolutely horrible. 
Um, but uh, not that the Bucks are playing at any better level, but they at least play with heart and they look like they want to win, whereas the Eagles look like they want to go home. And I think that's going to happen tonight. I do have the Bucks winning a low-scoring game, 17-10. to 10. I just kind of feel like the Buccaneers' defense is going to clamp down on this meh Eagles offense and uh, – the Buccaneers, Buccaneers offense is just going to do enough to get the win. And also, I kind of feel like on the offensive side of the ball for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, wide receiver Mike Evans is going to have a field day with this uh, pretty porous uh, Eagles secondary. So I've got the Bucs winning 17-10. to 10. Moving on to the NBA and my top 10 NBA power rankings this week, we actually do have uh, one new team to, t- to talk about this week and then actually one team that's taken a tumble and we do have a new number one just because they are on a tear right now. So uh, new number one this week is uh, the Milwaukee Bucks, overall record of 28-12. and 12. They are on a three-game winning streak, 6-4 and four in their last 10 games, but the reason why they're here is uh, they demolished the Boston Celtics earlier in the week, so they absolutely have to be above Boston at least this week. But not only that, they uh, they took out uh, uh, Golden State and Sacramento, and uh, Dame Lillard had uh, arguably his his uh, biggest shot of his uh, Milwaukee Bucks career so far. He hit a game winning three pointer in last night's game against Sacramento. Uh, so Milwaukee, they are playing pretty solid, looking pretty good, and uh, beating some good teams along the way. So I had to put them above the, the Celtics this week. <clears throat> But the Celtics did not fall far. They are number two on the top 10 NBA power rankings this week. Overall record of 30-9. and nine. They are 7-3 and three in their last 10 games. Uh, but this past week, not only did they lose to the, the, to the Bucks, but they also lost in the Indiana Pacers as well. So they, they have been playing some Jekyll and Hyde basketball as of late. But hey, they're still one of the top te- teams in the league. They are the only team right now with 30 wins on the season. So... Um, but they did have to fall behind the Bucks just because the Bucks didn't even just beat them. They demolished them. Then at number three on my top 10 NBA power rankings are the Denver Nuggets. Overall record of 28-13. and 13. They are 7-3 in their last 10 games, and they are just looking like the champs. They are really putting it together now that everybody's uh, healthy. You know, Jokic never lost a step. The dude's been uh, consistent, as he usually is. Uh, but uh, they're really getting some good play from their bench players. They're getting some good play from all their role players. And the Denver Nuggets just look like the Denver Nuggets. Then at number four on my top 10 NBA power rankings is the Oklahoma City Thunder. Overall record of 27-11. and 11, And they are 8-2 and two in their last 10 games and on a four-game winning streak. And that's why they've been bumped up in my top 10. I've been keeping them down at the bottom for the most part. But now they've been starting to get higher and higher every week because they are getting some legit wins and like I said they're on a four game winning streak right now this young team is just blowing everybody out of the water like I continue to say with them I don't know how long it's going to last just because they are so young Uh, but at the same time hey they've been proving it each and every week and like I said they keep on uh, moving up each and every week and uh, they are looking more and more convincing because they are beating some legitimate teams now as well they aren't just beating Uh, the bottom of the barrel teams, they're beating teams like the Celtics and uh, the Sacramento Kings and just getting real legitimate wins on the road and at home. Then at number five on my top 10 NBA power rankings are the Minnesota Timberwolves. Overall record of 28 and 11. They are six and four in their last 10 games. And uh, Carl Anthony Towns is actually starting to really get hot. He's starting to become the guy that they're looking to, you know, Rudy Gobert, been having a great season. Uh, Ant has been having a good season as well. It's just been Carl Anthony Towns. They haven't really had to rely on him, but 
this last uh, week or so. He has really been getting it going. He's really been a uh, true offensive force, but also uh, a force in the paint. And uh, the Timberwolves have been uh, one of the most solid teams in the Western Conference from start to finish so far. Then at number six on my top 10 NBA power rankings, the New Orleans Pelicans. Overall record of 24-16. and 16. They're 7-3 and three in their last 10 games. And uh, this week, they just smashed the Golden State Warriors and the Dallas Mavericks. They've been getting some good wins. And also, Zion is now starting to become more and more of an offensive force rather than just defense. You know, he's been getting it done in the paint. He's been getting it done with the rebounds. And, uh... You know, not really being the offensive force, but these la this last week or so, he's really been getting it going, and now he is leading the team in points per game with, uh, I believe he's averaging about 21, 22 points per game. So he's actually uh, getting hotter as the season wears on, and uh, so far he hasn't, the injury bug, bug hasn't really uh, uh, really been a problem for New Orleans this year, which is uh, a shocker because that's pretty much been the theme of their, uh, their, uh, their season. Uh, or really after their team for many, many years. And now uh, with Zion looking healthy and uh, overall this team playing really well with all the role players, they're actually a, a really um, overall good team. They play great offensively, but defense is where I feel like they have a lot of other teams beat. And so we'll see what happens if they're able to stay healthy as the season goes on. Then at number seven on my top 10 NBA power rankings of the Los Angeles Clippers, overall record of 25 and 14. They are eight and two in their last 10 games. Um, they are first in three-point field goal percentage this season. They are at 39%, which is no shocker uh, because they do have James Harden on the team, and that's pretty much all he's good at is just uh, throwing up shots. But uh, with the Clippers, I, they haven't done anything to prove it to me that they are legit yet. Yes, they are playing really well. They're scoring a lot of points, and they do have a lot of talent. But are they going to keep that up for an entire season? And then, of course, with them, it's all about the playoffs. So will they even make the playoffs? Are they going to, and if they do make the playoffs, are they going to be able to do, to, to keep playing like this? I mean, hell, who knows if uh, Kawhi's going to stay uh, healthy, if uh, if uh, if Harden's going to stay healthy, if uh, if Paul George is going to stay healthy. I mean, that's always a question with them, and just always with the Clippers, it's, they until they do something, I can't believe in them. Then at number eight on my top 10 NBA power rankings, a team that has been taking a tumble over the last couple of weeks, that is the Philadelphia 76ers, overall record of 24 and 13. They are five and five in their last 10 games, but it's really just because uh, Joel Embiid has been injured the last couple of weeks. He did make his debut um, uh, early, uh, the last game, whatever, whenever their last game was. Uh, Embiid finally did come back from injury, but their problem has been with depth because uh, they don't have a lot of depth. And so, and that has been a concern with the 76ers even before the season began. We were wondering what was going to happen if Embiid suffers an injury, and he did. And it uh, really has set them back. Still a really solid team, and uh, I expect them to be as good as Embiid is. But uh, once the injury bug hit them, it showed that they don't have a lot of depth, and that might be something they may want to take care of um, at the trade deadline. Then at number nine on my top 10 NBA power rankings in the Miami Heat, overall record of 23 and 16. They are six and four in their last 10 games. They did win uh, three of their four uh, games this past week. So they really are on fire. Uh, the, and it's not just Jimmy Butler. It's actually Jimmy Butler's like the third guy. Bam Adebayo has been a double-double machine this season. Uh, Tyler Hero, ever since he got back from injury, he has been money, and this team has been looking really solid. They've been scoring a lot of points. They've been playing really well on the defensive side of things. 
Um, uh, Jaquez Jr. unfortunately suffered an injury, but he's a rookie, and he's been having a phenomenal year for them on the defensive side of things. And uh, Miami's just getting a lot of uh, help from guys other than Jimmy Butler. It's usually Jimmy Butler's got to score like 40, 50 points a game and uh, really just take over offensively. And it's just been everybody's playing well. And this Miami Heat team, I kind of feel like, as they normally do, they're going to get hot during the second half of the season and could potentially make yet another deep playoff run. And then rounding out the top 10 NBA power rankings this week, have the Indiana Pacers. Overall record of 23 and 16. They are 8 and 2 in their last 10 games. And this team is, I, I didn't I didn't know if they were for real because they're another team where I look at kind of like Oklahoma City where I'm like, are they going to keep this up? Well, so far they've been able to do it, um, not only through the first half of the season, but uh, the in season tournament. They went all the way to the championship round in that. And then even after that, they've been able to continue winning and continue beating good teams. And, uh, continuing with, the, with their identity. Of course, Tyrese Halliburton has been huge for them throughout this entire season, uh, but they're scoring a lot of points. They're first in field goal percentage right now, hitting 51% of their shots, and then they also uh, lead the league in um, uh, points per game. Right now, they're averaging 126 points per game, so they're really just scoring everybody out of the building. Um, it's just with them, I didn't know if they were if they were a legit squad, and I still don't know if they're a legit squad, but they've been so consistent and they've been beating really good teams like the Bucs. I mean, they own the Bucs this season, but it's not just the Bucs who they've beat. They've beaten the Celtics and uh, they've beaten really legitimate teams this year. So it's, it's, it's growing more and more difficult to overlook the Indiana Pacers. And so I've got them rounding at the trap 10 this week. So enjoy the uh, rest of the week of sports. And I will talk to you fools on Friday.